Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, February 7th. Coming up, Kansas City Chiefs fans are considered among the most loyal in football. But for some of them, that loyalty comes with big moral questions. So why is it okay for the fans in Kansas City to play Indian when our people weren't allowed to be Indian? We'll hear why some football fans are choosing their conscience over the Chiefs' problematic traditions. In a small office at the Truman Courthouse, digital archivists are busy scanning hundreds of thousands of photos that capture more than a century of Kansas City history. It's kind of a treasure hunt. You never know what you're going to come across. About a month ago, we found our oldest negatives to date of the Kansas City Depot that dated back to 1890. We'll hear about their painstaking work and the history it's helping reveal. But first, some headlines. Missouri Governor Mike Parson says he won't block the execution of Leonard Taylor, a 58-year-old man convicted in 2008 of killing his girlfriend and her three children in 2004. In a press release, Parson says courts have upheld Taylor's convictions over the years and that Taylor confessed to his brother. But Taylor has maintained his innocence and was in another state when the bodies were found. The execution is scheduled to take place today at 6 p.m. in Bon Terre. Dispensaries around Kansas City say sales of recreational marijuana went through the roof over the weekend after the state began issuing medical dispensaries licenses to sell recreationally. Since her business got its approval on Friday, Fresh Green co-owner Bianca Sullivan says the Brookside store moved nearly nine times its normal sales volume, and more than half of those customers have been from out of state. And from all over. I mean, we had people that thought it would be fun to drive from Nebraska. And they would have had to pass other dispensaries on the way. So, I mean, it's kind of great. Of the eight states that border Missouri, only Illinois allows recreational use. Adults over 21 can purchase marijuana in Missouri, but they can't transport it to their home state. The American Civil Liberties Union of Kansas began arguments challenging the state's death penalty in a Sedgwick County courtroom yesterday. Kylie Cameron reports, at issue is the case of Kyle Young, a black man accused of killing two people in Wichita in 2020. The group says capital punishment is racially discriminatory and unconstitutional. Henderson Hill is senior counsel at the ACLU. He says the way juries are selected for capital punishment trials is also discriminatory and leads to unfair trials. Their views of law enforcement, their views of the criminal justice system, which is based on their lived experiences, those experiences disqualify them from service on capital juries. Arguments are expected to continue throughout the week. We'll be back after this. Kansas City is teeming with excitement since the Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. This Sunday, they'll play in their third Super Bowl in four seasons. But KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports some fans find the controversies surrounding the team, the sport, and the NFL too much to gloss over. The Kansas City Chiefs' unprecedented success has made them the darling of the National Football League. 
but many fans feel conflicted. Some feel outright alienated every time they see that arrowhead-shaped logo or the so-called tomahawk chop. Our people were rounded up, kids stolen from their families, sent to boarding schools. Of course, in Lawrence, we had Haskell, and stripped of their culture and identity. That's Rhonda Lavaldo, a Haskell Indian Nations University professor, Acomo Pueblo, and founder of the Not in Our Honor Coalition. Their religion was outlawed. They could not practice their ceremonies. They couldn't sing their songs. They couldn't even say their language because if they were brought here, their mouths would be washed out with soap. So why is it okay for the fans in Kansas City to play Indian when our people weren't allowed to be Indian? Since 2005, Lavaldo's coalition has protested the team's use of Native imagery and traditions. She says she wants to be a fan of Kansas City football, but things like the banging of a ceremonial drum before the game make it impossible. Your drums are important pieces to your tribe. Anytime you have a powwow, there is no alcohol allowed. You don't do that. That's sacrilege. Matt Hofstetler is the creator of the podcast, Sometimes It Rains, about the intersection of sports and social justice. Hofstetler grew up in Kansas and now lives in New York. He calls himself a lifelong fan of Kansas City football. His problems with the league go beyond native names and imagery. He says diversity among ownership in a league whose players are 75 percent African-American is a problem. Especially black ownership, but really no minority ownership whatsoever in the NFL. I think if you're not getting any representation in ownership at the top, it's just going to feed down, right? And I know the Rooney rule had the best of intentions, but I think we're seeing that it's yielding all kinds of problems and that it's essentially a check mark, so to speak, that doesn't really require you to give any actual attention or intent to hiring black coaches. I think that's a huge problem. The 20-year-old Rooney rule requires all NFL teams to interview at least one minority candidate before filling an open coaching job. Then there's the issue of safety. Traumatic brain injuries have been a stain on the league since at least 2005 and the release of the movie Concussion. The film documented the league's cover-up of CTE, a degenerative condition caused by repeated brain trauma. You can get really bad shear injuries when these happen that cause permanent neurological deficits. And the accumulation of the small ones over time ends up leading to our chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Dr. Justin Chandler is a neurovascular neurologist at Centerpoint Medical Center in Independence, a former high school player and a diehard Chiefs fan. It ends up leading to our memory problems, and it ends up leading to different psychiatric manifestations of concussions over time as well. And a big part of that is depression, increased aggression, right? All of these systems are affected within the brain. A 2017 study at Boston University showed 99% of all former players whose brains were tested showed signs of the disease. Chandler says the NFL can do better. I think that you make concussions and head trauma the tip of the spear. I think you put it out there as the number one issue in the NFL, and then I think they put their money where their mouth is. And I think that they dump as much as they can into technology, into research, into rehabilitation. Taking full ownership and responsibility of the risk is something that society will also respond to. It's a way that it also addresses the moral complexity of watching somebody go out there and take a hit for your entertainment. When the Chiefs take the field next Sunday with another Super Bowl ring on the line, many fans will choose to ignore the moral complexity that shrouds the game they love. Others will continue to try and address it. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Lawrence Brooks IV. 
In a small office upstairs at the Truman Courthouse in Independence, digital archivists are capturing history in more than 300,000 images. Julie Denache reports for KCUR that they've been digitizing the negatives for several years. Aaron Gray reaches into a box, pulls out a vintage negative, and holds it up to the light. This one here, I'm looking to see if I have a date on it. Some of the negatives will actually have a date on the edges of it, or they will have an order number from the original photographer. Gray works for the Jackson County Historical Society, and she's helping scan in more than 300,000 negatives from the vast Wilborn photo collection. It's kind of a treasure hunt. You never know what you're going to come across. About a month ago, we found our oldest negatives to date of the Kansas City Depot that dated back to 1890. Many of the negatives are fragile, so Gray has to be careful. The oils on your skin can actually damage the negatives, damage those prints over time. So in order to keep them in the best form possible, gloves are always required. Wilborn and Associates, founded in 1921, was a local commercial photo company owned by Clarence Wilborn and his son, Chris. Over the years, as older Kansas City photo studios went out of business, the Wilborns bought up their archives. When Chris retired in 2017, the Jackson County Historical Society acquired the entire collection. It's one of the largest collections of historic photographs they've ever received. With the Wilborn collection, we have 320 individual boxes that contain thousands of negatives. The Wilborn Collections Archive captures more than a century of Kansas City history. The photos document events, both large and small. There are celebrations, parades, and dedications, all marking the milestones of a growing city in the Midwest. We found some really neat ones of the Kansas City Athletics team. We found some of the Kansas City Blues, which is what I'm currently working on making available on the website. Gray says the goal is to scan, preserve, and share the images with the public on the Historical Society's website. More than 700 photographs are already available online. But she has a long way to go. Kansas City is so rich in history. No one knows these photographs better than Chris Wilborn. Before he retired six years ago, Wilborn spent hours in the darkroom, printing many of these images himself. So when it came time to let the collection go, he didn't want it to leave town, and he didn't want to split it up. I worked for 50 years in the photography industry, and so I do love photography, but the most important thing is a love of history. Wilborn says each photo has a story to tell, like the one he found of Charles Lindbergh, the famous American aviator. I opened a drawer and there was a picture of Lindbergh in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, I had a fascination with Lindbergh as a young kid. Well, so here's my hero coming to Kansas City. At the heart of the collection are thousands of panoramic photos. Wilborn says each commemorates an important moment in Kansas City history, including this three-foot-long image from 1914. It shows a large crowd gathered in front of a massive limestone train station. Behind it, the familiar Kansas City skyline is empty. 
And that's the opening of the uh, new Union Station. Because it was such a high-profile building, there's amateurs that shot pictures. There's many professionals that shot pictures of the new Union Station. But there were just a few that shot panoramics. And so this is one of the few panoramics that's in existence. And of course, it shows the crowd. And it's just a snapshot in time. As archivists continue their work scanning each of these snapshots, they'll reveal much more about the history of Kansas City. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Julie Denishay. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Lawrence's story on the Kansas City Chiefs and Julie's story on the Wilborn Negatives, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear more about the debut of recreational marijuana in Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.